This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WBET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. There is a crisis happening at the U.S. border with Mexico. But what you believe that crisis to be probably has a lot to do with your political leanings. Is it a crisis marked by a so-called invasion of migrants pouring over the border, threatening our economic and social stability? Or is it a humanitarian crisis made worse by the Trump administration's draconian and inhumane policies? Or is it somewhere in between, a little bit of both? Detroit Today producer Anna-Marie Seisling recently returned from the Sonoran Desert near the southern border where she was volunteering. She joins us now to share what she saw and what she learned about the situation there. Anna-Marie, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me, Stephen. It's good to be back. Yes. Uh, So talk about uh, your trip and the volunteer work you were doing there. Sure. So listeners might remember back in June, there was a photo of a Salvadoran father and his 23-month-old daughter. Uh, They had died. They were laying face down in the Rio Grande. It was a really uh, terrible image, and it was Mm -hmm. circulating widely. And at that point, I um, I saw that image, and I felt like, you know, if they're is time for me to take off of work. And if I have the resources and I can find a group that I can volunteer with, um, I really need to get down there and help in whatever way I can. So tell us what you saw when you got there. Uh, I saw so much. Uh, We did not come into contact with any migrants, so I guess I should just get that out of the way up front. Um, But we did come across a lot of camouflage clothing in really small sizes, stuff that would fit like a four or five-year-old. These slippers that are sold by cartels in little like cartel-run towns along the border that uh, some of these migrants wear to try to cover their tracks a little bit better from Border Patrol. Um, And this... This trip, I mean, we spent a lot of time out in the Sonoran Desert, and I really just have to emphasize for people who aren't familiar with the journey that these people are going on, this is really, really treacherous terrain. I mean, there are chiggers down there right now hiding in the grass. It's monsoon season, so there's a little bit more growth than normal. Um, But there's also just so many cacti, and not to mention it's like 115 degrees, and you're hiding and trying to get, you know, shelter and shade during the day and then making your trek at night. Sometimes, though, these people are going around in circles for days, um, even being led by coyotes, and then uh, we came across several shrines where young children, uh, a 14-year-old old girl, in fact, had passed away, um, you know, came into contact with some bad water and her group left her to die. Um, So, yeah, there's it was a lot. Very intense. Yeah. And, And of course, that humanitarian story kind of fits into the political context of of the debates about immigration. You have lots of people who say, this is the fault of the Trump administration for the, the the way that they've approached this. You have other people who say this is about people coming across the border in, in record numbers. Uh, talk about how that kind of reflects on what you saw up close. Sure. So first of all, I'd like to point out that right now what is being used is something that's called prevention through deterrence. It's a policy that was actually created during the Clinton administration. But um, Trump's zero policy uh, take on this whole thing has sort of made that policy even more uh 
harsh. So we're seeing some iterations of that in something called Operation Streamline. And that's actually uh, a court proceeding that I was able to witness one of the days that I was down there. And really what that has done is it's pushed nearly all of the undocumented cases through the federal criminal justice system instead of uh, previously what it had gone through, which was the civil immigration system. And really what that's doing is you are seeing people who look, they look like me and you, uh, you know, these are regular people wearing street clothes, but they're shackled and they are being passed through the criminal justice system. Uh, It's between 70 and 100 people at a time. And it's this very sort of streamlined, hence the name Operation Streamline, and really choreographed sort of uh, court proceeding where these people are essentially being asked one-on-one a couple of questions lasting like a minute and a half. They're pleading guilty. And some of these people are first-time offenders. Some of them are, you know, they've been caught before. So some of them are just being deported back, and through this uh, prevention through deterrence program, sometimes they're being sent to the wrong town. Uh, You know, they're being stripped of any money that they had, being sent back in the middle of the night. Uh, And then other times they're facing up to 105 days in prison. So uh, it's really strange, though, and sort of jarring to see these people wearing street clothes, but you can also hear their shackles clanging in the courtroom and they're cuffed um, wearing headphones that one of the men uh, who was wearing the headphones it didn't come out until he was talking one-on-one with the judge that these headphones that are supposed to translate um, into Spanish for these people who don't speak English he couldn't even hear anything he was hard of hearing and he didn't even know what was going on wow yeah so I mean listening to you describe all of these different elements down there these lawless towns on the border Mm -hmm. on the Mexican side uh, the role that um, that border security is playing, and then this sort of cat and mouse game that is being played with the migrants themselves. I mean, it does sound overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything that you took away um, about solutions to this? When well, you were there? so what I will say is that the community volun the. The volunteer community down there is really robust. These are people who are super dedicated to coming up with a more realistic and humane border policy. And um, in in many instances, they have a working relationship with Border Patrol, uh, which many of them think is a good thing. You know, they think that they're able to extract more information and get more done having a, a positive relationship with law enforcement down there. Um, on the other hand, though, There are certain things that just sort of seem out of the control of everyone. There's a vigilante militia presence that I've never heard people talk about in the national media narrative around what's going on at the border. Uh, And these are people who are sort of taking the border uh, into their own hands. Mm. They're going down there. They're installing cameras in trees. They're they're slashing water jugs, shooting up big water barrels. uh, You know, that would otherwise be a source of important hydration for the migrants as they're crossing. Um, So... You know, in some ways, while it seems like there is some constructive sort of uh, work going on between the volunteers and uh, Border Patrol, there are some groups that just have a a more hostile relationship. And then there are other people that are sort of just not even paying attention to the law and doing whatever they want. Okay, Anna Marie Seisling, Detroit Today producer who just got back from a volunteer trip to the Sonoran Desert near the U.S. border with Mexico. It was really great to have you here to tell us about what you saw. Thanks for having me, Stephen. It's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow. We're going to talk talk about lawsuits against the pharmaceutical companies related to the opioid uh, crisis, as well as efforts here in Michigan to help and treat people 
in recovery. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.